welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What up, webheads? Along with Ryan Griffin, Dylan Bear, AJ Riley, I'm Matt Basson. No Paul Roshan this week. Paul recovering from uh, the vaunted coronavirus. So oh, I thought you were saying time. irony. No, what the irony? What? <laughs> no. Yeah. Just wishing him to helpfully get better soon so he can join us, especially for next uh, week when we go live on Facebook for the first round of the NFL draft. So his ass better get better. Real, real quick. We diving right in to the diamond because we were in the midst of talking about this and we say hey, we should probably bring this onto the cast because uh, we already bitching about one of the new rules this year for baseball where they are having day-night doubleheaders, which is normally not a problem, but this year you have to be no more than seven innings and you are paying full price for a ticket to go to a game that is not a full baseball game. AJ, you are not happy about this. I'm not happy about it, and I want to make sure that... Uh... This is correct, um, that they are paying full price. But, yeah, I, I have a buddy that works down at the ballpark, and we were talking about this. That, at the ballpark. That um, that people are, <laughs> you know, originally they were making doubleheaders uh, seven innings, and the initial thought was that they'd be played back-to-back, right? But come the first doubleheader for the Tigers that was on Wednesday yesterday, they um, – end up being a split doubleheader. So what that means is after game one, everybody that's in the crowd has to leave and then a new crowd is ushered in for game number two. If they're charging full gate prices for only a seven-inning game, we're talking about one of the major issues that baseball is having in connecting with fans and just thinking that people have open pocketbooks to spend at the game. For me, I have I have a major issue with that. Like I, I consider that highway robbery, um, in a lot of ways, especially if you're putting a product on the field that is subpar to begin with. Um, so I hope that I hope that it's not the case. Maybe they're offering a discounted ticket for double headers. I just have a feeling that with the track record that a lot of the owners in Major League Baseball have. They're probably not offering those discounts, but I'm trying to find. I would hope you would get both, right? Like the yeah. day and the, that's like, the beauty of that like was a, the beauty of. I know people yeah. aren't gonna be able to make it there, right? But or not everybody, but like, hey, if we have a doubleheader, just buy a ticket to both games. <laughs> what is this crap that I'm? So I'm on vivid seats right now, and I'm looking at the Tigers, and so you know today. Uh, no, sorry, not today. Yeah, today. Today, you know, they had the doubleheader with the Pirates. But they're calling it Extended Spring Training. That's what the name of the ticket is. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? No respect for the Pirates at all. <laughs> or the Tigers, Jesus Christ. Extended Spring you know, Training. Okay, okay. I ha- That's I have what it something... says on Vivid Seats for the thing. It says... so, somebody on their little uh, website tech team there who's uh, dropped the ball. Okay, I have something that that, that kind of ties into this because I was thinking about it because I've been I'm playing fantasy baseball and AJ, under your somewhat tutelage, 
My team's destroying in the first. Oh, two weeks. it is because like, I thought you crazy. said it was oh, being the team destroyed. You were bitching oh, yeah. about it for oh, day yeah. three. <laughs> Look, I wasn't satisfied, and and I just now like you weren't satisfied with the White Sox, and no, now we, we haven't heard about you. We're tied. We are tied <laughs> right now. We're at like nine and nine. I, I don't mean tied even record, but still. Um, no, what I was going to say though, because I've been tied. because of fantasy baseball, I've been paying attention to it a lot more, and also partially because of the White Sox going to Boston. AJ, um, baseball needs to stop freaking. You're welcome, Matt. Playing baseball in April. No, these postponements are ridiculous. How many times? How many <laughs> postponements? No, AJ, this is this is this is the problem, man. Okay, we're talking about the doubleheaders, right? And if I think they should stay at seven innings for everything we've talked about before and what we're going to talk sure. about after this in yeah. our burning stove. I think that's a great idea. What I think is a horrible idea is that you're canceling like a third of the games because you're playing in a time when the weather isn't is an impediment to baseball. Yeah, all the games should be played in the south to start. That's, no, yeah, okay. but we've talked no, about that. No. You can't do that. No, no, absolutely. The the Red Sox and the Yankees should be going down to play the Rays down in Tampa. You should not be playing these games oh, in the northeast and all that when you got you crap mean. weather. Yeah, and oh, no, the okay. year. I, not be playing there. Yeah, and teams aren't going to give up home series at the beginning of the season when they could have a stretch run at the end. The, the Tigers can start with interleague play. Well, that's something. That, <laughs> AJ, go for the Dodgers. This was the partially. Tigers versus the Angels for the first ten games of yeah. the year. So, so go for the A's, go for the Angels, no problem. AJ, AJ mentioned this, and I guess that this God, kind of ties into it. It'll never happen because t- team owners are not going to give up opening day. They just won't. It doesn't matter what the weather is. It could be a flurry of snow. Which Actually, we the had. Time, this, yeah. <laughs> we watched knock one out the park. That's you the, even the tell. best game of the season. <laughs> but this that's is the, what. That's, that's the best baseball photo of the year, and it's not even going to be competed with. <laughs> but this is the problem that I'm talking. And like, if we're talking about this, if number one, this proves exactly. This proves the theory of my point that there are too many games anyway, but also. Why are we pl- we're not we're not even playing a third of the games so far haven't even been played and then you're exacerbating it by creating this double header problem that is bilking the money from the people. Yeah. Hashtag but, capitalism on you sound on like Bane. <laughs> so so give it back to you like I, I'm, the people. I'm I'm with you on the delays even though like the way the even the tiger schedule was set up this year like normally we would have a bunch of delays our game on tuesday was the first game that got delayed all season so far and that's just part of the game is is you're going to have these nat- no that is not so, that is you forcing it to be no a well yeah but what do you do when there's rain in july you start playing in august like it's not raining of like a all over the country. I, I've, like, I've always thought problem. baseball players are pussies for not playing in the rain in the first place. What? So <laughs> what's the problem? What is the problem? Yeah. So no, no, hey, hey let Matt. can we clear something up real quick? I can't what? find anything on whether they're being charged full prices, but what I am seeing is that some teams, like I'm looking at the Reds specifically, are offering like a doubleheader like special. Um, nah, nah. Let's say I'm like I'm like Larry David. I never give people the benefit. Of the right. That's just not, no. But that's I'm not with you I too because I'm not I'm not giving them the, the benefit of the doubt either. Like the Reds, for instance, you can get a day night doubleheader, which is that split doubleheader, 
you can get you can see both yep. games in the lower level for fifty dollars. That's not so twenty five dollars a mean, game. Like, so that's not if, that's if not bad, a, right? Like, and it's in the lower you level. You take a day off, right. chill that's downtown. A, that's a scheduled double right. Like at right. least what the Tigers had today was it wasn't or and yeah, so, whatever it was artificial. But, but, but think about that, Ryan. Right? Like so. Le, like let's say to, you have to honor the tickets sure. from the first. Game but you that people but you bought that ticket. Yes, you bought that ticket at full pricing, and you're going to see a nine inning game on Tuesday. It gets snowed out. Then your ticket's honored the next day, but you only get to see seven innings. You see what I'm saying? So like, it's part of the, part part of the risk I, of buying a in April, Tigers ticket. Yeah, I mean there is there is some of that, but like, which comes to my point. So here's what here's what kind of is interesting to me. Manfred last year, according to uh, this is an article I found on Forbes.com. The two, 2020 revenue for baseball, Commissioner Manfred reportedly told Sportico in October that the MLB would suffer between $2.8 and $3 billion in operational losses. However, Scott Boris, we all know who he is, reportedly said that yeah. not a single team lost money in 2020. So what's interesting is you have like all these – Owners that are decrying this, all all the money that we've lost through COVID. They always try. 100%. But then you think about, like, the owners still got their TV money during those 60 games. The players Mm -hmm. still made, you know, a portion of what their contracted salary was supposed to be um, last year. And so as far as, like, the revenue and all of that goes, like, there's no reason, especially with COVID restrictions, and we kind of talked about this off cast, but I'll bring it up now. Like, if I was an owner of a baseball team, especially an owner of a baseball team in a struggling baseball town like Detroit right now, I would be doing everything I could to fill that stadium to capacity, whatever that COVID-restricted capacity is, every game. So regardless of what my operational costs are, I would be saying, hey, get to the ballpark, sit where you want, a ticket. Fill the ballpark up. Get as many people there. Let them spend their money on concessions. Let them spend their money on souvenirs. Make it up that way. But this is where, and this kind of goes into that, like, out-of-touch aspect of baseball is they're not really looking for ways to get more people involved in the games. Right? And it... Well, okay. I don't think that's a baseball thing, though, because, like, in theory, if the NFL had double headers, they'd be pay- ch- making people pay for two games, too. And so I don't think that's, like, baseball being out of touch as much as being But also, greedy, that's part of – but, again, I go back to that being part of the game because double headers used to be a very regular thing in baseball history, right? Especially before you had lights, right? You play two games on Saturday, play two games on Sunday, right? One or the other. Um and like that started to go away but that used to be like one of the things like my first cubs game we got into chicago on a friday night that friday night game got rained out and my brother and i were like big cubs fans growing up because we'd come home every day and watch them after school um and so like we went we went to chicago friday night prior carry wood squad no before that like uh steve traxel and sammy sosa and tuffy Rhodes and mark grace and Jeff Blauser and Mickey Morandini, like those guys. Um, 
So it gets right. it gets rained out on Friday, what right? An old school baseball name, Mickey Morris. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. He just sounds like he should have been playing in the '60s. Scott Service, the hey, catcher. Hey. Like man, that, that was those are fun times. But that was like baseball. That was in our house. We'd come home, we watch. <gasps> oh we'd watch God. Harry Carey and Steve Stone, Sorry. and then at night we'd watch the Braves. Um, but we get to Chicago and. Saturday's game is what we had tickets for. They played Friday's game Saturday. They honored our ticket for both games. So we got to sit in Wrigley Field for like two straight games. And it was an awesome experience as an eight, nine-year-old kid. Um, And that's just part of what baseball has always done. So this shift is I understand the toll that it can take on a player's body, but I feel like it takes more of a toll to have a two, three-hour gap re-stretch out and then come back and play again you know what i'm saying like you know okay there's i'm not even kidding this where this is going is perfect for what i wanted to talk about with the super league i'm going to marginally mention it we're not going to talk about it in this like full breath but what (laughs) we're let it go (laughs) i know this is perfect because everything about what this conversation currently is about is exactly the thing that just happened in Europe. Here's a TLDR. All of the highest revenue clubs in soccer in Europe, 12 of them, or 16, I don't remember the exact number, they were going to join their own league in order to copy the American version of pro sports. Because in Europe, club teams were always localized. They were a part of the town It was a cultural thing. Like, that's how all these clubs, like Manchester United, Chelsea, all of them, they started out as local clubs that were made out of the locals themselves and grew into these bigger conglomerates. The Super League was basically these owners trying to create something that was a local commodity and make it into a profit-creating commodity. Because notoriously, soccer clubs, even though they are huge internationally, don't actually operating a profit very often that was the original idea and so what aj you're talking about now is kind of the same thing in the sense that baseball i would argue out of any of these sports is the one that is closest to soccer in the sense that these pro teams have been a part of their communities and were were more than just like a pro team the nfl nba nhl like for example, the Chicago Bulls are were not integral to the city of Chicago, but the Cubs absolutely are and always have been. And so that what you're kind of getting at, those double headers that you were talking about, oh, you get both tickets for free. Well, baseball and the owners themselves are trying to make profit. That's what they're doing. They are this is unfettered capitalism. And I'm not gonna get into socialist theory here, but all I'm saying is they are, instead of understanding themselves as the cultural centers of the community that they've always been, they are instead trying to become profit earners, and it is reducing the fan experience because of it, making it seem like they're detached, just like what happened with the Super League. Fair. All right. <laughs> God damn it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was, good. it was good. That was a good segue. We warned you. That was a good wow. segue. You, you know, I did, I did hear a good soccer story today, though. Oh. So when Zlatan Ibrahimovic went to the LA Galaxy, LeBron James, as a welcoming gesture, sent him a LeBron James jersey. Like one of his jerseys. Hey, welcome to LA. And then apparently uh, Zlatan signed it and sent it back to LeBron. Yep. 
That dude has an ego that is unchecked. That is unbelievably funny. Okay. You have you guys have nothing to add. That is literally AJ, you could literally pull that in right now about how the Tigers were are important to the city of Detroit. You just said that. Like that's that's the problem, is that baseball and the owners, especially with the upcoming CBA, they're becoming greedy bastards and making it more of a business than an experience. That's like sure. the whole deal. Yeah, and, and that's that's definitely um a big danger, right? Like a big danger with this upcoming CBA. But I'm going to be 100% honest with you. When you started talking about it, I kind of tuned out. So, um, <laughs> I do think one thing you said was interesting, though, is like how important Chicago is to the their Cubs. community. Yeah. Or the Cubs, oh, yeah. yeah, in I particular. Mean, and Interesting, because we're like, going to talk about that tonight. And I don't know that there's a... Like, I'm just trying to think of it. And, you know, I'm not... A, expert at you know all four of the major sports i don't know that there's a team that i would like say might be more important to their city than like the cubs are or just like more integrated and kind of i mean i got their the fabric like may, like maybe the yankees but no, I the, haven't been, i've been to red chicago sox, more than i've been to new york the red sox are 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 boston yeah. like every anyone who is a boston sports fan is a red sox fan that, that's like an inherent thing. yeah even the Patriots winning as much as they are, they are not Dude. the biggest team in Boston, and they never will be. They they don't got the they don't got Fenwayville though. That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wrigleyville. And, and the Yankees are another example. Know, but, the, but even the Reds, the, the no, Red no, Sox, no, 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 like no. were my the Red Sox were like my number two when I was thinking of it. They just don't have a name. But for I, it, I just but been Yaki to Chicago Way more, and all of that around the Red Sox is completely just packed and full of people all the damn time. Yeah. Even when it's not even baseball season, because it's just full of bars and, and clubs and a bowling alley, all this stuff for people to go and do. But yeah, that was the craziest thing for me living in Boston, is that the team that has won the most championships for them far and away, Boston Celtics, redheaded stepchild of oh, that city. Sure. Complete and total redheaded stepchild wait, wait, wait. of that city. We it know why. The- it's because it's in the black right, city. you... Alienate your, <laughs> you alienate. You know, it's just it was it's crazy to me. Like when the Bruins started getting going, like because they were they were semi decent. Like my first yeah, year there, the, the second year they won the cup. Yeah. But like it was just nuts. Like it, I mean, it, it really was a cool experience going to Dunkin' Donuts in the morning to get some coffee, and there's a 65 year old woman talking to her 85 year old mother, and they're talking about the Bruins. I was like, damn, you're not getting this in too many places, but. If the Sox weren't winning, the sky is falling oh, yeah. in Boston. It's it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, the, the, the Patriots were just one the pennant. Everyone, like, like, the Patriots were just like the mailman. You knew they were winning. You knew they were coming. It didn't. It wasn't worth discussing this, this because they were just going to win, and you knew they were going to win and win a bunch and be involved in the AFC picture, and that was that. Like it was just it was just dependent on you knew it was going to happen. So there wasn't much to discuss. They would find things to bitch about because like all sports fans do, uh, but. You just knew that team was going to be around. The questions around the Red Sox, the questions around the Bruins were always there. And then there were the Celtics off on the side getting a little bit here or there. And I was like, Jesus, these guys have won you 17 world championships. Far and away the most in your city. Yeah, but like if their last win is in 1986 and then they don't win until 2008. By the time I got there, they're two and a half years removed from it and fighting to still be in it. I mean, Ryan, you're talking uh, 1918 was the last Red Sox World Series, right before two thousand and eight, is that correct? Yeah, I thought it was nineteen oh nine. No, they went. They well, went. No, eight, they they won, won eighty six years. 
right? They, they went 86 yeah. years between 86 World years, so that would have been 1918. 80, 84 was the, the curse. The curse breaking. What? Uh, 2004 was the curse breaker. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, that was right. 86, so 86 years. 86 years would before have been that, y'all can do 19, that math. 19, <laughs> 1908. No. So here's the no, thing. No, I thought the, the Cubs the, the won. The Cubs 08. were 1908. No. The Red Sox were 19. Yeah. Uh, 1918. 1918. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Don't question. Yeah, so 1918 to 2004. Big, yeah, my baseball trivia on point today. <laughs> but uh, but Ryan, here's the thing though that because you were mentioning and, and we're alluding to a future question, we'll get more even more in depth with it. But like what I'm contending about, like the reason why this doubleheader issue is such a problem is because like there I can think on both hand, both. Finger, you know, all ten fingers of, of teams that are integral to the city in a way that other teams are not. Did like, you say I you would can argue... think on all ten fingers. <laughs> he did. I, 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 I couldn't think of the coin of phrase. No, I, I got I a little tiny. I, I got little yeah, tiny brains. And all <laughs> yeah, I... Don't tap but him no. too hard. No, but for real, you have this guy concussion. The Yankees, the Yankees <laughs> what you do? I snapped. <laughs> the Yankees are obviously one. The Red Sox are another. We're moving on to the Cubs. The Tigers, I would argue as well. You also, I, I, have... I wouldn't say the Tigers. I mean, we talked about this before, though. I, I, no, I would Tigers. disagree with you. Ryan. I just, you're talking about teams that are integral I, the to their I know, city. I know, I know you would. Like, like the Tigers are. Yeah, are I mean, much who cares more... about the Tigers? Listen, now? you still have. This is no, no. You are not. You are confusing. Teams. Can we? I am talking about a cultural embedding, yeah, so, not about Dylan. This is one. The this is one of your you questions. You would argue the Tigers, and it's probably your. It'd be the Trump thing. Is like the the old English D. Right. right? It's the best uniform. Like that's of baseball. all over Detroit. You don't. You don't. There are people who have never probably watched a baseball game, who are going to wear that hat. Well, Dylan, this is one so of your like questions the, the, that you wanted the, to get to. The so symbol, should you just ask it now? I would say absolutely, but like the, well, the actual no, team, I had and like the ones. baseball element of the Tigers. I would say probably not. Well, okay. Here's another thing that kind of... At least for as long as I've been alive. Well, but this is also something that kind of goes against what you're saying, though, is that Comerica, I, I would very easily argue, was the start of the downtown rena- like resurgence in Detroit. Comerica Park is the reason why that happened. They put it right yeah. there, right across from the Fox Theater. That was the epicenter and still is of downtown Detroit. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I think it doesn't it help for Ryan's perspective the that the, the, for the majority I, of I Ryan's life, that. the Tigers have sucked. That's you know, not the, even we, true, though. That is true. It's we had not, a nice. No, it's not. Hang on. Yes, it is. There was a seven-year run where the Tigers were decent Incredible from 06 to 13. Baseball. There was good baseball, but that's only seven years, and not all seven of those years was a great baseball. There were things Compare that happened along the way. What you guys had to what I've had in my life. I had a World Series one World Series run, no playoffs either side of those year. Of that you won year. the World Series in 05. Well, yes, and you we have experienced as a child, and then you, and then as you quote unquote won it again. You have experienced winning the World Series with your baseball team, and your baseball team is the second baseball team yeah. in your now. City. I no yes. hold on. But I would also say that the White Sox are a very integral part of the South Side of Chicago. Sure, but they are. Yeah, they are culturally right up, right up there where they would drive bys and other murders. All right, that's an <laughs> unnecessary. They're right up there with the Chicago sky. No, no, but okay, but I. But then if we keep moving, I think the Pittsburgh Pirates 
with the uh, with the uh, three river is it three yes. river stadium was that what yes. it was called yeah that iconic part of that city i obviously the steelers are a major portion but the pirates are as well the cincinnati reds it, are the city of cincinnati but, like hey, the great old but what, I'm, what, I'm, what i'm trying to get at though is by not having by you guys being younger and not being around for certain things like the tearing down of old tiger yeah. stadium which was depressing as all yeah. hell for detroiters and michiganders in general yeah. Like, it was just unbelievable that this was yes. happening when it mm-hmm. happened. Like, there is there is a heartbeat in yes. the city of Detroit that is for the Tigers and the Tigers yes. alone. The Detroit that's Lions are the other side of that yeah. heartbeat. And that's a different situation but altogether. You could, you this could is a team say, and organization that has just sucked You could also forever. say the Red Wings, though, too. The Red Wings came back in the 90s. And, yes, absolutely. For modern sports fans, yes, the Red Wings had a resurgence. But before 1995... Not really. Right. That was the Dead Wings, and they were that was that's all they were. Right. They were the Dead Wings, and there I, wasn't well, it, that much going to Covo Hall. There wasn't that much going to Joe Lewis. There just wasn't that much going on after they moved from Olympia to Joe Lewis. That it just wasn't a love affair for them until Iserman and Co started winning. And I like think, there's not God willing, it, we see right. it in a couple of years with this squad if this team starts winning and we can have a continual contender playing at Comerica. You're going to see it again. But yeah. we're also living in a very different sports environment than it was when you, you know, when I was yes. a child and where you, your, your, your experience ah, here, with on. sports was limited but to when the games some, were on. Today, you can watch it all you that, want uh, on Twitter and on social media in general, but, on YouTube, hey, whatever. Hold on. But there's, but there is something, and I think this is going to speak a lot to AJ's heart. And it's like, I, I will very much agree with the sentiment, there is a generalized sentiment in politics, society, and in general of a sort of, if you will, yearning for more, some would call it conservative, old-fashioned, what-have-you sort of way of the country. And in the midst of all of this, there in its, and I, I do, if I may, I would like to transition to the questions now because this leads into the first uh, question. Because I do think we should table this discussion, like what? Almost what city do you, what team do you kind of identify with with most city for another podcast? Well, that's I think actually it's a really interesting. 10. I think it's a really it is, interesting it is topic. Question number ten. There's obviously you know a lot of a lot of cities. So okay, but we're not going to go through every city in America. Number 10. Well, but we have number ten actually leads into that. But okay, so we're going to get into just make the number parties. ten number one. Well, that's what I was. Well, we're we're already was talking saying. about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so we're going to go into Burning Stove Vavning segment. Store. Oh, Burning Stove. All right, all right. Burning right, Store. Bar- Burning Stokes. <laughs> the Burning Store. <laughs> Burning Stove segment. AJ, this is for everybody because there's only four of us. Paul can't dominate the conversation anymore. It's incredible. Uh, but That's unnecessary. The first question, which was number 10, but I think it's going to get into this, is that I have I whenever I write these questions, I'm not gonna lie. I have an answer in mind, but I love hearing AJ's opposite side of this. To, I was gonna ask the question because of everything we just talked about. Because the Super League and soccer made me think about the localized nature of baseball, and my question is: If you were to think of the top five quote unquote baseball towns, what would they be? I know. I think that we all can agree on three of them. Okay. New York City, Boston, and Chicago. I think those are obvious. So and don't really need to go without saying. So I'm gonna push back a little bit on New York. I'm not taking it out of the top five. Ooh. 
But I'm gonna push. Really? I'm gonna push back a little bit because, like, Yankees fans to me, um, yeah, I mean, why. they bleed. Half of them they, don't live in New York. Be, yeah, half of them don't live in New York. They're like cowboy, like they're like Dallas Cowboys fans, right? They're just like. Uh, it's not no. In a, in a lot of ways, I don't agree. With but listen, this at so all. I, I, they, I, I'm not going to take them out of the top five, but I would put them at like four or five. Just out of curiosity, problem. has anyone on this podcast spent time in New York City? I've spent three days. I, I mean, I've, right? Like I've been there for three days, but you wouldn't call that like. What I was in a month in New York. Here's here's what I would say before Matt, you're going to give your personal anecdote on it. What I would argue against what you're saying, AJ, is that it is ex- like there's a provincial nature to New York because if you meet someone who is a sports fan from the city of New York who was born and raised there, what are they going to be? They are going to be a New York Yankees fan or they're going to hate themselves and be New York Mets fans if they're sure, from Queens. Sure. Yeah, that's but that's, that's why like, I would that put that is something you can't ignore. That's why I would put them at like four or five. Um, just because I think that there's a lot more casual aspects of the Yankees fans than most. I don't know. I, I think. Casual. Listen, I yeah, think that like, there's. I, I, I think the hardcore Yankee fans. Yeah, are still but hardcore. but you could say that about every team, right? Like. Right, but but uh, but we also have like like okay, this know, is a but... bit biased, but like it, Ryan knows about this. We are both watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. Ryan, how many times have the New York Yankees been mentioned? Like, because Larry David is from New York and because New York people from New York love the Yankees. They have as many professional teams as Los Angeles does. They have two for every sport, and the Yankees supersede all of them, just like the Lakers do in L.A. So, yeah. So, I mean, I would, you know, from, from my time spent in New York, you know, been there multiple times. And, and it's funny because the different times that I've been there, the Yankees have been in different stages. I was there in 01, you know, oh, and they were right there on the, the you know, trying to win another yeah. World Series. You know, I was there in 05 where they were kind of in between stuff. I was there in 08 on the cusp again of another World Series. And you, on game day stuff, you will see people in full suits and they're wearing a Yankee cap on top of it. Like they are walking through the city, full on dressed up to the nines to go to work and everything, but they still got a Yankee cap on. And being at a Yankee game at Yankee Stadium is a hell of an experience. These these fools are rowdy as can be when it comes to their Yankees. And I, there is a love for them. And then when you go out to places like Long Island, where a lot of my friends live, and you got a bit more of a mix between the Yankees and the Mets fans out there, there is still, I mean, it is it is baseball. Yes. It is very much baseball so, in New York. So I have to give so, them their props So listen, that. again. I'm not saying they're not a good baseball town. What I'm saying is I don't think they're number one on this list. Well, it's Boston is number I one. Actually and I actually disagree with that, too. What? Do you know what town I think is what? the best baseball town? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, Please say St. Louis. Please say St. Louis so I can hear Dylan's head explode. I'm going to leave if you say things. Well, I don't it was care. nice talking to you. I don't want to hear it. The St. Louis Cardinals. So, <laughs> <mother>. yes! <laughs> I, listen, Goodbye. listen, listen. There's there's a reason, Goodbye. Dylan. You ask these questions, right? Like, did he really leave? Did, <laughs> I'm sure he's just sitting there Did quiet. he really leave? Nah, he's still... I haven't heard... No, I didn't hear no, it. No, no. I did leave. <laughs> 
for the amount of times that the St. Louis Cardinals were relevant, which was five seconds. So. <laughs> Dylan, they're one of the more storied franchises in all nope. of MLB. Nope. I know that you nope. hate them because of your Chicago nope. connection, and guess what? I'm not a fan. I hate the city yeah. itself. It's a trash garbage town with a stupid metal arch that you can go in in a tube because that's the only shit that city has outside of killing okay, each other. So, no, what they have is the yes, Cardinals. So, they no, had the no, Cardinals for a no, long time. No, they lose football no, teams. No. They don't lose their baseball team. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. In fantasy baseball, Yadier Molina right now is tearing it up. I actually need a catcher. I am not signing him. I well, refuse. that's just ignorance. It will help my I like baseball that, I, like, I like that you say yeah, signing. That's like, ignorance. Like, Dylan, <laughs> like, like, you you're, you're, letting, <laughs> you're letting I, your I hatred for that city cloud your judgment. You asked. So much. You, I hate them Sure. So much. Uh, Dylan, I get it. Right? Oh, I get it. They're horrible. I get it. No, I don't want to talk about this city. This is too much airtime for the trash on the Mississippi. <laughs> Okay, well, so... Come on, I mean, we're talking about the number one National League franchise. Yeah. As far as World Series appearances, I think World Series titles. I'm not no. sure, certain on no, that. No, the, the Dodgers. Sure. I, I the, Dodgers the, 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 the Dodgers are cooler. That's goddamn right. No, That's, all I goddamn right. right. That's recency bias on the LA Dodgers, fans man. love their Dodgers. Uh, say the Dodgers would be four on my list after the well, after, no, you know, city. Like New York, Boston, Chicago. I know so there's you? more people in the city, obviously, by a wide margin, but... Everyone in LA rocks Dodger blue hats. Sure, like that—that that LA blue yeah. and white but hat. Again, like, hold on. Yeah, but again, like, listen. You know, it's almost the same thing with the Tigers to me. Like you have the LA, but, you have the old English D. Yeah. like it's it's bigger than sure. baseball. And that and point. that I think is what is kind of clouding the answers to this question, right? Just because you have right, you could just because you have a recognizable hat that everybody wears to 100%. represent their city yeah. does not make you a good baseball town. Oh, right. So, exactly. What so, I so that's say. why 100%. that's why I kind of tapped the brakes on New York a little bit. That's why I tapped the brakes. No. Just slow down and let me talk for a second. Like ah, you're talking about St. Louis. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. even. I I'm haven't sorry. even mentioned St. Louis he was except talking for about one New York time. There. I was talking about New York and getting ready to talk about L.A. Like, don't assume. Like when we talk <laughs> when we talk about good baseball towns, we're talking about fans that show up, fans that are there, they're present for their team. Right, they are fans that understand the game, fans that like. Um, I, I hate to use the word honor the game because it sounds so like corny and cheesy, but like, so, you know what I'm like saying? Like those type of fans, and so in that vein, like I think Dodger fans are really good fans, but I don't think LA's a good baseball town. I don't either. Now, were, it had the Dodgers still been in Brooklyn, we're having a different conversation. Well, that was that was like seventy years. Uh, sure, it was. It, yeah, it was sixty. And, and, and the world completely changed. It has you no longer taking a streetcar and a freaking all that I stuff to get there. I agree, which is also how the they that. got their name, the Dodgers, right? But so, like, I would definitely put the Bronx as one of the good baseball towns, even though it. I mean, the Bronx is a borough, right? So it's not. You can't even really call it a town, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, it's it's one of the because I, I hate I, I so, hate, here's here's what clouds it for me. I hate saying New York City is a good baseball city because it's really not right. The Bronx is what makes New York a good baseball city. I but to to your it's more in Detroit has. Uh, OK, here, let's make this very, very simple. We're going to go around the horn. 
I want AJ to start because you've kind of done. What is the one through five? My one through five. Okay. Yes. Starting at five. Starting at five, I would put Cincinnati. Yeah, there you go. At number four, I would put um, the Chicago Cubs. Wrigleyville. The Chicago. The Chicago Cubs. Yeah. The fans that they have are incredible. Go Cubs, go. If, if you no, I, I, didn't, I didn't say hey, Chicago, that. Hold on. I didn't say, say the Cubs teams. are going to win I today. said five baseball towns. Yeah. So, I know my writing's trash, but like. So, mine's kind of like putting Cincinnati on the list kind of screwed me a little bit because like New York and Boston I want there and St. Louis, but I think Detroit's a top five team, uh, town too. So, like, Detroit and Cincinnati would be, like, 5A, 5B, and then Wrigley, Wrigleyville, New York, Boston, St. Louis. I, I detest that you keep calling it Wrigleyville because there's an entire part of the city that is just as into baseball. Nobody cares about. Well, that's not even but, true. But li- <laughs> like, listen, that's so true. Listen, Dylan. I, I Dylan, call it Wrigley. We spent a weekend in Chicago. Did we get anywhere near the South Side? No, we didn't go south of Miracle Mile. <laughs> it's only, only the police like, care about. And, and I'm telling you, Cubs fans are better than White Sox fans as far as baseball fans go. I know that oh hurts you, and I don't right. mean that as a no, slight. No, I'm just saying, like, we didn't even hit Lakeside Drive. I'm gonna. I'm. That is not what it's called. <laughs> that is not even what it's called. So go away. It's Lake. Shore okay. So Drive. who's next? Jesus. Okay, Matt is next. <laughs> See, it's tough because I mean, there's plenty of cities that I, I I speak on ignorance. I don't know for sure. I don't know how big of a baseball town Cincinnati is. You know, I know that they were that they were big in the '70s. I know that they have a strong fan base. I don't know if it's a stronger Great fan base park. than than Braves country, Atlanta, where yeah, the Braves stretched out for miles right. and miles and states and states because they were the only team in town for seven, eight, nine different states. They were the closest team. You're talking about Tennessee and Kentucky and all these other states around there that didn't have ba- Louisiana, Alabama, you know, Florida. These teams, yeah, but the Braves, the Braves teams, are essentially the Braves were their yeah, team. Yeah, the Braves are the South team, like. So, right, but the, the, the Braves South to me have a ridiculous. But that's following. not. But that's not you know, a large. That's fan not a baseball base, but town. Though is kind of a fake ass sports yeah, town. Right. So go. I so wouldn't call that a baseball to, town. That's why I didn't have them on my list. To, We're talking like to to me, L.A. isn't is in the top five for Dodgers. They they're probably right at around five. They I've lived in Southern California for a lot of years. I know how big of the fan base the Dodger fans have, and they have always been whether they were shitty. Or good, there's been a following. They've always been the second team behind the Lakers, and that's not a bad team to be behind uh, in Los Angeles. So there's, there's yeah. a, there is a large, large Dodger blue following in Southern California in general, and especially, obviously, in L.A. Um, the traffic to get uh, to Chavez and get to the stadium is insane, uh, and that's why they always get there in the third and fourth inning. <laughs> uh, so I think L.A. is in there for five for me. I would have Detroit at four. I would have... Chicago at three, New York at two, and Boston at one. Hmm. All right. Now, okay, I do have a question before because you do speak. But St. Louis is right there as well with the Dodgers. Like they, I don't want to hear that. No, that's not my question. Sorry, they love their Cardinals. I don't care. My question to you is, because I was thinking about it when you were talking about Los Angeles, I, it is an honest question. Who would choose to be an Angels fan? Like, 
It, yeah, it's. I, I'm asking, who would you uh, like? Uh, Matt, I, you know what? Like, I'll tell you. I will tell Orange you who would County. choose. The people, same person who would choose to be a White Sox. The right? people who get offended by living in Orange County and being told they live in Los Angeles. Yep. That's yep. it. The people that live out near Disneyland, yep. that live in yep. Irvine, yep. that yep. live in Anaheim, yep. that live in these places that are not Los Angeles, yep. have a million and a half people living out there, have their own commerce but are still called Los Angeles. And so they say, you know what? Screw yeah. you. We're going to be Angels fans. And I mean, look, the Halos have a great stadium. I love going to the Angels Sec- ballpark. Third oldest, ballpark. Second, third oldest in MLB. Is it really yeah. now? Um, Jesus. Well, shit, wait, wait hold on. Like hold on. Let me think. You got, you got Fenway and Wrigley. <laughs> There's no way. And then right. Chavez Ravine and the Angels Stadium are like the next two. I don't know which order. I want to say okay. Dodger Stadium might be the third oldest and they're the fourth oldest. Or it's Wait, opposite. so it's older than the, than, than the Cincinnati Reds? The stadium? Cincinnati Reds just got a brand new stadium like in the early aughts. Is that what the Great Amer- Old American Baseball? The Great American is? Ballpark, yeah, that, it's an it's a newer stadium, much newer stadium. I thought it was. They old. used to play. That, that's why I, I, if I was. They used name. to play at Riverfront Stadium, and it, and it was oh, and it was yeah. AstroTurf, where the Bengals used to right. play. Oh okay okay all right um, Ryan. Uh, so I guess my my only really question is like at at five, and I would probably I I think I'd put the Mariners at five because I've never met anybody from Seattle, but every time I see somebody from Seattle like in the media, they have this like weird, almost hopelessly optimistic Lions esque like fanship. Uh, about the Mariners, hmm. and it just finds would you me call the, so would, would you call Detroit a good football that that's town? Though? More of a reflection. Yes, a football town, absolutely. Okay. By that reasoning, then and we are a way better football town than we are a baseball town. I, I'm not. I'm not arguing. I, I wouldn't argue that. But I still think that we're a baseball. But yeah, team. out there, I I would disagree. But that's you had two fine. different seasons. Um, but I just feel like the Mariners. The Mariners haven't been very good, but uh, that's the it just Griffey seems like every, it just seems like people are like very strong fans of them. You know the kind of few that I see, and I would think that would bleed over into the actual city. Plus, they don't have much else going on, right? They have the Seahawks. I don't think they have a hockey team. They don't have a basketball they do team. now. So you just kind of have like a a two. <laughs> oh, they do. They have the, yeah. the crack. Yeah. By the way, uh, um, I think there's a reason though for your, what you're saying about the Mariners' hopeful optimism. I know that Matt and AJ are going to understand this. They are they arguably have one of the best teams to not win a World Series. Who? The Seattle Mariners. That I think it was 90. Oh, was it yeah, yeah, yeah. With Ken Griffey when they won 117 games. Yeah, like that's Derek why. Jeter dove into the stands. Yeah, Derek Jeter, yeah. Derek Jeter ruined there. Most overrated player ever. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I think that that's not. partially why. <laughs> I think He's that that's partially Yankee why, though, is because they were so close. Uh, not a top five short shot, so we can go fuck Top ten Yankees <laughs> statistically <laughs> of all time. All right, all right. This is not a Derek Jeter. I discussion. understand that. But... Top ten in strikeouts. Oh, Ayo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this I'm should leaving. definitely uh, be a future four, topic, though. <laughs> All right. Four, I would put the Dodgers. Three, I would put. Um, three, I'd probably put the Yankees, and then two, I think I would put the Cubs, and then one would be the White Sox. 
because I do think they have a almost maniacal. Interesting that you said like the White Sox. Did you mean Red Sox? The, the, the Red, Red Sox? Sox? Yeah, the Red Sox. Wait, Red Sox or White Sox? And any of the Sox. Okay. The Red Sox. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> the White Sox. Hold on. Okay. So so hold on. Now now real quick. I know Matt said it. Ryan said it. AJ, because you you are are the furthest away from this current point. Who did you say was your number one again? My number one is St. Louis. Oh my god, that's why I don't remember. <laughs> All right, so my top five. When I was thinking about this question, um, I did have multiple cities in mind. I think that east of the Mississippi is substantially better for baseball than west of it. Uh, other than the Dodgers, however, I do think that San Francisco, low key, is a is a pretty good town for baseball. They, you know, they the both the Athletics and the forty or forty ers Jesus, the Giants. Yeah, but um, see, you're talking yeah, about Oakland and you're talking about San Francisco. Far. Like, I know that they're close in proximity, but I think that they have two very different sets of baseball fans. To be fair, I would also say that Giants fans are, are better than Athletics fans. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I would say that. I mean, their baseball park isn't flooding half the time. So. Okay, but you can't take park into consideration. I guess you could if you want to talk about experience. But we, we did, we did, Have you seen the renderings did. for the new park that they're talking about with Oakland? Whew, well, yes, beautiful. I, uh, yes, I have. For, That's for still a piece of shit that is McAfee and the fact that the fans pack it. I mean... That's impressive. There is something that to be is a said piece for that, for sure. Look, all I'm saying is the Bay Area is better than it gives gets credit for. That's all I'm saying. But uh, I actually would change up the, the standings a bit here in the sense that I think that uh, Cincinnati is, is number five. I, 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 that's one I think both AJ and I agree with. I've, I've been to Cincinnati enough times. I have close friends who have been to Cincinnati as well who they don't shut up about the park experience. Oldest, Even though the Reds haven't been anything great Oldest lately. professional team in Major League Baseball. Right. Uh, I actually think that Detroit is... I, I don't know if I would have them for because I do think that there is a bit of overlap in Los Angeles with Dodger fans and people who to be fair, the the flyby country who go from New York to L.A., where you have a lot more baseball fans there who are New York Yankee fans who are trapped there. And I think that Los Angeles is better than Detroit on the principle of that kind of bleed-over effect. So I actually have Detroit as my like sixth spot. So I got Los Angeles, Cincinnati, Cincinnati Los Angeles. I have Chicago third in total sum – I understand that I, there is a bit of a bias here, but all I can say is that considering that the you have to consider the fact that the Chicago White Sox, where their stadium is, is in one is out of all the baseball parks in the entirety of the MLB, is in an objectively dangerous area. It is in the slums, ghettos, whatever you want to call it. There is no outside of the park game day experience, and sure. yet. Chicago White Sox have never had issues with attendance. They have never had issues even after they knocked down Comiskey, which I disagree with. There is a culture that is there that, to be fair, does lean a bit more towards a more 
how would I put this? Uh, a more African American urban sort of blend. That's hey, all. Do the we have proof why. that all those counted for attendance are alive. Okay. Like Tim Anderson is kind of proof positive of what I'm talking. He is as popular as he is partially because the demographic of White Sox fans is different than Cubs fans. And I am not stating this as a, as kind of I'm not trying to get you or anything, but there is a rhetoric around. Oh well, Cubs fans are so great because let's be honest, it's on the north side where all the white money is. That is a factor, and the White Sox are kind of the more dirty team is kind of how they're viewed and i think that's kind of bullshit i so, don't agree with that yeah but that like uh, i almost called you paul and i apologize for that dylan i that <laughs> that did not like even enter into my thinking when it comes to white I Sox not, fans i that's I, not my 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 thought towards the cubs again probably tends to be a little biased because i've experienced the game at wrigley field Right, so and I've experienced multiple games at Wrigley Field, so I know what that experience is like. And then also having watched and seen the way that they would treat like opposing players that hit milestones, understanding the game of baseball, like clapping for a guy when he hits the ball to the right right side of the infield and advances a guy from second to third, like having that understanding of the game and appreciating the way that the game is supposed to be played that way, like that's what went into my my thought process. I understand that, but uh, what I all I am trying to kind of point out here is that what you talked about last time we did the burning stove segment about how baseball needs to work to be much more about yes. in, like inner cities and like that's kind of the p- part of it, right? Like there's not a lot of outreach for the community there, and yet the Chicago White Sox are a personification of what many would argue is the least desirable air like geographic area in the entire country and they still have a a very very loyal following like the white Sox have only been to the playoffs since 2000 twice yeah one time with the world series in 05 and once in i believe 2008 or 2010 and yet they are still didn't you all make the the playoffs last year oh right sorry yeah covid year kind of throws me off sure but the point of it is is that look i understand that the the cubs are the ones who are going to get the attention but it's kind of the same thing as like in our traditional stories the good guy is always wearing white colors and the bad guy is always wearing black it's not on purpose and i understand it but there is an element to that that i do want to address when it comes to the city of chicago and its fandom it's a bummer i'm not trying to be that way but that's just like that is a factor in it subconsciously or not and it's not nobody's a bad person for it but there that there is that element to things nobody wants to go to commit to you know to us cellular field not because it's a bad park not because it's not a good experience well uh, well it's guaranteed right now but um but nobody wants to go that park because of where it is not because of what what right so man right all right and then so stupid (laughs) And then we got New York Come on, bro. and Boston. What just happened? I don't know. The tweet that Matt uh, posted in the chat? Sh- yeah. Yeah. Shock G passed away. Like this old meal lumpy. Mm-hmm. He's the one who rocked the big fake nose in the Humpty Dance. Oh. All right. The man who helped launch Tupac Shakur. 
He's making a comeback, right? Tupac? Yeah. Just, they got a concert the 22nd. Is that today? Yeah. Man. <laughs> That's trash. That's so sad. So what happens right. when you get older, Matt? He's only 57. <laughs> 57? That's not old. No, I'm saying, like, when we get older, we start to see all those uh, people that yeah. we used to, like, look up to partake in their entertainment pass away. All right. Uh, let's veer towards the positive since I decided to take the wind out of everyone's sails by being depressing, I guess. Uh, and someone dying, obviously. <laughs> I, I had a feeling while I was going through that that y'all were like, ooh, yikes. <laughs> so, for the next part of the burning stove, away from that, uh, the more in-depth topics that we have going here, we're going to give ourselves a bit of a break. Some rapid-fire stuff here, uh, AJ. So it's going to be a little bit out of order from what I've written up. But uh, we'll start with my fourth question, which is the best division in the MLB right now. It seems pretty obvious that it's the NL West, but... I am going to give you a chance to advocate for another if you have one. So I think that your bias towards the NL West. You mean NL Central? <laughs> your bias towards the NL West comes because of the top two teams. You think that those two teams are probably the best two teams in baseball. That's well, true. actually, the reason is no. partially because not only are the Dodgers just ridiculous, 14 and 4, but, yeah. but the. Giants aren't actually looking that bad. That's no. actually where more of my uh, my question kind of came from, was that the Padres are third right now. And that's like, wow, they must be So I read a stat today that uh, the Padres are actually sixth in the major leagues in on-base percentage, but 26% or 26th in batting average and even lower in – uh, something else. So they have like, and it's, yeah, they can't score for they shit. can't score for anything. So like, they have this massive like left on base total. Huh. So that's I part feel of, like Gary Sheffield has something to say about hmm, that, and we can talk about that because yeah, um, but yeah, I mean the Padres right now sitting ten and ten with a plus three. Uh, that's surprising. That's surprising. plus three run differential. Like that's yeah, that's not good. That's surprising. Um, yeah. I mean, it's so early to talk about best division in baseball, right? Of course. 16 games into the season. But, like, honestly, if you're if you're looking at, like, a, 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 another contender, the AL West, like, you could see your two World Series teams being West, West teams. I mean – Right now, the bottom of the barrel in the AL West is the Astros, and we know the Astros are not a bad team. They're just three games below 500. Well, they can't cheat now. Right, so. but, I mean, they're still, like, they still only have a minus one run differential. Um, so, I mean, I the, the, the NL East is struggling. Uh <laughs> Not a single to, team above to five. To say the least, huh? Central's competitive as all hell. Our central division is competitive. Uh, everybody's no, not not ours. No, the, the NL, NL Central. Yeah, I mean, ours is competitive because you have bad teams, right? Like, and you've got the Minnesota Twins who are entirely underperforming. Um, Don't go into that yet. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, no, we won't. But like, if you were to say, is the NL West the best division right now? Yeah, 
it probably is. Although Arizona, so the Rockies being absolute dog shit. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that through 16 games, like you have three of the better teams in the major leagues in that division. Well, what we would assume is a better teams, like record wise, San Diego is not one of the better teams. Um, they have less wins than the Brewers, less wins than the Mariners, and the Athletics less wins than the Royals less wins or the same amount as the Rays and less than the Red Sox. So, like, we would assume that they're better than what their 10-10 and 10 record shows. Uh, so if you were to ask me right now, yeah, like, Arizona and Colorado are going to make that division a lot worse than what it is right now. Um, yeah. The NL Central is, is going to be a dogfight for the entire year. Like, very entertaining. Which is what I love. Sure, yeah, 100%. When, when I don't have a dog in the fight. When I don't have a dog in the fight like the, right. like this NL Central – I don't care between Milwaukee, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, the Cubs, or St. Louis. I love that we're going to have a dogfight between these five teams. <laughs> but what's interesting, though, too, is, like, the NL East could also be a dogfight because you got some, oh yeah, like, teams Dog that are, like, all around teams. the same. Like, the NL East is everybody's within two games of each other. A game and a They're half. They're all around 500. They're all within a game and a <laughs> half of each other. The The... AL Central, everybody's within four games of each other, which I understand in 16 games is not, like, that big of a deal. But, like, it's just, it's been a very weird beginning to the baseball season. Yeah, Boston looked the worst team in baseball the first week of the season. Yeah. Now they're leading the Plus Heat. 27. And, and all they're winning the is going away from home. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, it's interesting that you uh, say that, Matt, going into my next question. Uh, AJ, was Alex Cora the thing that the Boston Red Sox were missing this whole time? Well, duh, because he was their manager hey, when they uh, won the World right, Series, then was suspended for a year, and then came back I'm and they're asking. winning again. All right. Uh, what I was really trying to do, sir, was give you the platform to explain why he is the difference maker. I, well, I mean... Who knows? Are they up to their old ways that won them the World Series in 2018? <laughs> <laughs> Come on! I, no, consider I, it. I, listen, I, the Red Sox have plenty of talent, and when that talent is sure. healthy and can play together, yeah. and have a good manager at the helm, it's not difficult to be a good baseball no, team. It's not difficult to be a good baseball team, and the fact, like, the Red Sox are talented. They made that trace uh, trade of David Price that landed them one of the top prospects from the Dodgers organization, Alex Verdugo. Um, they also got Enrique Hernandez in that deal, um, to add to the Xander Bogarts. And, and so, I mean, yeah, Boston is a good team. Uh, whoever took, I don't even know who it was cause he was that irrelevant last year for Boston, but like that guy was always just an interim manager. Cause Alex Cora, after his year suspension was up, was coming back. Like there was no doubt he wasn't going he, I, to any other team. Um, so yeah, is he the piece that they are missing? Yeah, probably. Um, but I also don't want to overinflate the impact that a manager can have on a ball club. I think he plays more of an impact than some people around our circle think, but, um, I don't think that he makes a major, major difference. From Uh, one side of the country to another, we do need to discuss how terrifying the reigning World Series champions look right now. Uh, I, I 
I am asking this from a historical perspective because, to be fair, like, what is the ceiling for the Dodgers? Well, they're the reigning world champs, so no, no crap it's going to be the World Series. But, like, in a historical sense, especially considering their start, how good can this Dodger team be? Um, they can be as 103 wins. They, they can be as good as they want to be. Um, and as good as they'll allow themselves to be, it's all going to depend on their health, which I know is a kind of a cop out answer. And, and Dave Roberts over management and Dave Roberts ability to get out of his own way and not overthink the game of baseball. <laughs> um, you know, uh, what was it Yogi Bear said baseball is 90% mental and that other half is physical. Um, yep. <laughs> so, like, you don't want to overthink here. But, I mean, the Dodgers are a good team. They've been a good team for a number of years. And they kept the core of those players intact and have subtracted and added where they've needed to. Um, and what's interesting about the Dodgers, too, they're not the Yankees. They have a huge payroll, but most of these guys are Dodger guys. They traded for bets. But, like, who else have they added? You know what I'm saying? No, there are a lot of homegrown. There are a lot of homegrown guys, which is very interesting to me. Um, so, yeah, the Dodgers are going to be – I don't think they get to uh, Detroit Tigers 1984, 35-5. Like, that would be insane, given that they've already lost four games. Um, but, I mean, 100 wins, 103 wins. Do they challenge for the 117? Probably not. Um, because it's also a different game too, where like towards the end of the season, if they've got the division locked up, you might see starters getting like an extra day's worth of rest and bullpen games and stuff like that. So, I mean, a plus 38 run differential is ridiculous. They're undefeated at home. Only five and three, um, against teams that are greater than 500 though. So that's interesting. So, so an easier schedule to start. Yeah. Speaking of a, but there also aren't that many teams that are over five hundred right now. That is also true. also yeah. true. There's so, literally outside of their division two teams in the NL: the Mets, who are seven and six, yeah. and the Brewers, who are eleven and seven. Yeah. Right. Everyone else is five hundred or worse outside of the, you know, the Giants. But, I mean, the Dodgers like also have nineteen games against two of the worst teams in the NL, and the Diamondbacks and the. So that's, what, 38 <laughs> games that they get to play against the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. So, like, could definitely rack up some wins. So here's my next question. This one's going to be very short. I don't expect this to be more than a minute long. Because I think I know the answer. What division leader currently is fool's gold? And why is it the Kansas City Royals? <laughs> um, so you could say it's – when. You definitely could say it's the Royals, and we'll get into that in a second. But, like, when you first asked this question, I thought Seattle was leading the NL West. That obviously changed last night, um, and I hadn't looked at the standings. You could say the same answer for the Oakland A's. Well, I don't know, though. <laughs> the, the, see, that's the thing. They just won a game 13-12, to 12, though, so I'm not about to tell them they're crap. Like, the, the, they're 10-0. and 0. They've won 10 straight games. So they started. Oh, no, 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 11 now. Okay, they've won eleven straight games. Yeah, you're right. That's that's cool. They were one and seven to start the season, but like the A's and Bob Melvin always seem to be there at the end of the season. 
That's true. So like that's sabermetrics, baby. Sabermetrics. That, yeah, but sabermetrics also <laughs> didn't get the job done for them. So hey. like hey, it can only take you so far. Listen, I wouldn't. <laughs> I would not consider Oakland Fools gold. <laughs> the New York Mets so at cool. seven and six. I would consider that a little bit of fool's gold. Um, especially when you have one of the best pitchers in baseball and you can't, can't give him win. a run like, a game. They, they're on a two game. Can't give him one run per two game. game there's losing not streak. a more tortured man. Minus, no, ball. there's not. Minus 14 run differential and they're seven and six. Like, um, so that would be a team. The Brewers, I think, are legit. Dodgers are obviously legit. The Kansas right. City Rollers, you brought them up. Like, nobody expected them to be good. But they made some moves this offseason that made their lineup really sneaky. Really sneaky. So, I mean, with a minus six run differential, you better be sneaky. Like, (laughs) yeah, but like, um, so they had like Perez, right? They have, they got Carlos Santana, they, Raul Mondesi, um, Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be coming up. They made that trade for Andrew Benintendi, which was a, fantastic deal for them so like they're i'm not saying they're world beaters that are going to win the central division but i don't also think that they are going to be the bottom feeders of the division either well Um, they do have the third highest runs given up in the al so yeah speaking of runs given up jesus you see the diamondbacks they far and away like Who's pitching for them? Us? Zach Grinky still. Like the four of us? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's given up 103 runs. But they've also far scored and away the most runs, runs in baseball. They've also scored a, 100 Yeah, runs. they can score. That's great. But no more, no more Paul Goldschmidt either. That's wild. No, you know who he plays for? Uh, no, I don't. The Cardinals. Anyways, I don't. <laughs> I I knew the answer. Anyways, okay. Speaking of, speaking of real quick, AJ, two weeks ago when we were discussing baseball, I mentioned our trash-ass squad that you said was not a trash-ass squad that has the worst run differential in baseball at minus 28 for our trash-ass Tigers right now. Well, it helps you only scored 64 runs. Yeah, it's, I mean, our it's our offense, man. And, look, I mean, the, the Tigers are going to be very streaky. And, look, but I will say this. The thing that encourages me is the fact that they cut Ronaldo Nunez. Because they're not wasting time. Like, give the kids the opportunities. Let them sink or swim over the next two years and see what you got. And then fill in the holes. So Speaking of young kids. Uh, then we can finally be a baseball player. <laughs> right. So, spe- speaking of young kids in the sport, we talked about Tatis enough the other day. Thank yeah. goodness, by the way, he is not out for the season. That no. is a godsend. 100%. But. Who is going to be that next guy up? Because it, obviously he needs to have himself a, a joker to his Batman, if you will. We need, you know, that, that's that kind of that sort of PR rivalry. Who would you think is going to be uh, upcoming with Tatis? Well, the problem with framing it like that and having a PR rivalry is you don't really have anybody in the top levels of the prospects that are on that West Coast that you're going to see play against. Um, sure. Wait, we're saying that, besides Manny Machado. <laughs> I, mean, I don't count. I don't count him. He's ancient. Yeah, I'm talking about a. I'm talking about young blood. So, a couple of names that I would watch. Um, first and foremost is Wander Franco. Like he's the top prospect in all of baseball. He's a shortstop too. May not stick at shortstop, 
Um, but like his hitting grade, like he's an 80 hit grade, 60 power grade switch hitter. Uh, just apparently a stud. Also plays for the Rays. So how much publicity is he going to get playing for the Rays? Going to be really tough. Um, well, I mean, Jerry Rosarini got pretty good publicity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did, but we'll see. I mean, I, it, it's. I don't know or hear of anybody getting the hype that Tatis got. So that's it's kind of a tough question to answer. And talking about prospects is always, you know, it's like rolling dice. So, well, I have a, I do have, I did as I always I mean, do. Just watch my Braves; they full of prospects. I have an answer in mind though. Uh, whenever I was the uh, Guerrero Junior. Yeah, but I think they get bloody. No, I he's not. I don't think he's on the Tatis level. I, I and I again. I was speaking in terms of a PR sort of. Yeah, style. if it's and anybody, he, if it's anybody, it's Ronald Acuna Jr. That I that to be fair, that felt like kind of a cheap answer though, because like that Acuna I think and he's Guerrero are. There. I mean, they've been up at the same like. Man, all those guys came up at the same. Sleeping on Kim, huh? Better watch out. Korea baseball is going to be all over us. Like, Mm-mm. Dylan, Acuna, those, all Acuna three games. of those guys, Guerrero, Tatis, and Acuna, were all up at relatively the same time. Right. So, like, those three guys, like, they're, they're exciting to watch, but Guerrero, he hits bombs, but he's not as complete of a player, right? Like He doesn't have, he doesn't you, have bad discipline. Yeah, when you, but when you look at, when you look at Tatis' highlight reel, most of the time, yeah, you're seeing him hit the bombs and doing the bat flips but you're also seeing like the plays that he's making at shortstop and the crazy like things that he's doing when you're seeing it's true Guerrero's playing third right right but when you're seeing Acuna's highlights you're also seeing him hitting the ball him tagging up on a pop-up to the second baseman and scoring after hitting a triple like that was the (laughs) highlight that came out this week from him like those two are more exciting players that can be PR gold mines than Guerrero is. Guerrero just has the name behind him. Fair enough. All right. Now, let's see here. Still think y'all sleeping on Hassan Kim. <laughs> uh, who's he? Yeah. Is he even up right now? I don't think so. Is he not up for the is he not up with the Padres right now? No. Also it doesn't help that he's well, gonna he be should. on the same team as the star. Yeah, that like I think help. What you talking about? How else are you going to have Batman with Robin if they don't the I same thing? Jo- you can't have I Batman with Robin. I said Joker. Oh, you want a villain? I I said rivalry. And Acuna, he uh, also, how is his name? I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it. Is it Acuna? Acuna? What Acuna. 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 See okay. that little Enya over the N? Fair enough. A little swirly. <laughs> That's not Enya. what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but. It's called a tilt. But regardless, I do, like, I've seen a few of the same characteristics in Tatis that I have seen in Acuna that that's where I I knew that was the answer. I just wanted to bring someone else in because, like, that is – that's the kind of cop-out. Now – I mean, you could also look at, like, Shohei as being, like – I I don't know. He's he's exciting, man. The the fact that he pitches and hits bombs. But that also means he's less sustainable for that reason. Maybe. Well, That's yet to be seen. Maybe. I mean, it might be. 
Might be. He could be the first. He's not okay. How how long realistically is he going to be able to do both at the level that that for example Tatis? I'll take three to five years out of that. that. I'm fine with that. Matt, but three that to was, five years is not what I'm talking. That was literally the time frame I was getting ready to say. And that, but uh, as you had said last time, three to five is enough this. to get you on the cover of the show. But uh <laughs> <laughs> but. 2025. As, but as AJ, but as AJ had alluded to, though, to be fair, in that three to five year span, that Acuna and Tatis are now actually hit, like getting close to the prime. They're not even close to there yet. And when they're hitting their strides, how long is a pitcher hitter combo really going to be able to sustain hey. enough to keep up with them? Were, were we complaining when we had Mark McGuire and Albert Bell and Sammy Sosa and Ken Griffey Jr.? All right, no. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. And Frank Albert Thomas? Who? No. Albert who? I don't know who that is. I'm not even lying. Hey, I, I've never Kim, heard that Kim anymore. is up with the Padres. He's hitting 209 with one home run. That's why we don't. Know. That's all going to change. And he's playing. <laughs> wait, you seriously? Wait, 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 wait. Dylan, you seriously don't know what Albert Bell is? Uh, no, I don't. I, I'm not even lying. The man who got robbed of what should have been an MVP year. Potentially, I, yes. For your Chicago White Sox. <laughs> okay, the White Sox I know before I was conscious was Frank Thomas. So, that's my guy. Like, the big hurt is the one I remember. Also, I don't remember Dylan. Look Dylan. up Albert Bell's stats from two, from 1998. The home Dylan, three to five years. McGuire and Sosa. Three to five years of Otani it puts him at uh, 29. So, he's only 26. All right, I'm not going to lie to you right now, <laughs> Matt. I just typed in Albert Bell's name. First search on Google, boxer. Second search, Albert Albert Bell, pimp. Did you spell Who it B-E-L- you B-E-L-L-E? No. That's how you spell it. Well, that would be why. Uh, okay, yeah, because I see Albert Bell, pimp. I'm like, all right, what is happening right now? <laughs> all right, 1998. The man wasn't even an all-star that year. How stupid is that? 200 hits, 49 home runs. Oh, he only played 152 for the Sox twice for two seasons. That's why I don't know. Yeah, he was big on the Batted Indians. 328 with a 655 slugging Not and bad. a 1.055 OPS. That's not bad. No, this fool was dumb in '98, and still didn't get an All Star nod. What the what the shit did that team do? Eighty and eighty-two. Jesus Christ. Well, you need more than one man in baseball. Uh, well, uh, that yeah, but the big hurt was on there too. God. Unless he can pitch and right. hit, right? <laughs> and is only twenty-six years old. Wow. Yeah, you had a you had a lineup there with Frank Thomas, Maglio Ordonez, Kenny Lofton too, I think. Uh, no, oh. not not no, not 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 in the at least the top nine. No, Did, Robin Ventura on that yeah, squad. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to talk about the failed manager. Let's let's well, move on. Ozzy Guillen was on that squad. Hey, now that's a guy. Ray Durham was on that squad. All right. Um. Speaking right, of, Ray Durham was on that squad. Well, we're gonna, no Michael of, Jordan though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mike Cameron, Ray Durham, yeah. Mike speaking Cameron. Of, yeah. Speaking of teams, by the way, that problem was your pitching sucked ass. Well, outside of Jim Abbott, so there yeah. we have a few great teams right now in the standings that are are struggling, and and 
speaking of that White Sox team, I bet a lot of people at the time, can't know for certain, but were, you know, thinking higher things of them. You have the Yankees, Twins, Astros, the Braves, the Cardinals, and the Padres, all, I believe, either at 500 or below it. Is there a reason why all these teams may be struggling? Is there anything to be concerned about? Or is it just like early Is it just early season struggles? It, like Sheffield said, man, just striking out too much. It's 16 games. Um, 16, 17 games, 19 games. Um, I, 20 in random cases. Yeah, in random. Like, the cream always rises to the top. And what I think is important is... Not getting too high, not getting too low, Dylan, in the month of April on your baseball team. That's not um, how I live. I understand that, but like <laughs> teams like Minnesota, like they're six and eleven, but have a minus three run differential, which tells me that they are close, just maybe getting unlucky a little bit. Um, so the Yankees a minus seven run differential. They're obviously not hitting the ball, the ballpark. Houston has a minus one run differential, right? Uh, Atlanta has a minus one run differential. The Cardinals have a minus two run differential. So, like, they're losing games, but they're losing close games. And to me, ultimately, that'll even out, right? All right. Um, Tommy Lasorda said this. He said, in the game of baseball, you're going to lose a third of your games, and you're going to win a third of your games. And your season's going to depend on what you do with the middle third. So you expect the better teams to win more of those middle third games than they lose. And you're going to see that, I think, with these teams. Like, these teams are too good. The Yankees are probably, out of that whole group, I would actually say that they're the most likely to miss the playoffs. Huh. Um... I would say them and the Cardinals, even though I think the Cardinals are better <laughs> than the Yankees, just because, like, the Yankees lineup is good, but it goes into that question that we're going to talk about with Gary Sheffield. Like, if they're not hitting the ball at the ballpark, they're not winning baseball games. And great that you asked that. And this is where I know Ryan, Ryan's been a bit on the sideline, and we're gonna, I hope he gets back on into this, because now we're talking about more wide – uh, macro things with baseball. So I'm going to conflate number one and number two together. The first part of my question was regarding something that went viral, which is fantastic for baseball because it, it really got a lot of heat online, partially because of how surprising it was, which uh, actually, if you don't mind, AJ, why don't you introduce what it is I'm referring to? Are you talking about the double share I had or the triple share I had today? That is correct. <laughs> okay, hold on. So let me, I got to pull up Twitter. Oh, I'm there. The fact that nobody has Bally Sports, so they all got to watch baseball and MLB TV? So, Baseball Authority tweeted this out today. MLB TV registered the most watched 18-day period in its 20-season history including the seven most-watched days ever. Fans have already watched over 1.34 billion minutes of live baseball games. That's so that's obviously 18 days. You're talking about 
that's the entire beginning of the season, right? Like we're only 19, 20 games into the season. Um, so baseball viewership on MLB TV is up or is obviously doing very well, which is a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, now I think there's some things that have factored into that. Like you've had some really good opening week series, like the Dodgers Padres that was like high intensity last week. Um, Yeah, it was a great... But here's the thing. I saw some tweets online that were very concerning where it was like, oh, people acting like the series is the World Series and like, calm down, it's a baseball game. And I was like, it's that type of intensity that you need to have in those series. Like, why are we criticizing people for being fans? You know what I'm saying? So, like, at a certain time, I, I feel like people just need to shut up and enjoy what's going on and let people react the way that they want to react. Um, so I'll get off my soapbox. But... Um. Yeah, baseball viewership on MLB TV is up. Here's the caveat, though. Jared Carabas, who's with uh, Section 10 Podcast, I think he is, it's connected to Barstool Sports, he said, imagine what the numbers would look like if they lifted the blackout restrictions for the service that people pay money for. Oh, yeah. Baseball's dying, though. Don't forget that. Like, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, people have watched 1.34 billion minutes of baseball. But I guarantee you that number would be exponentially higher if they didn't have these stupid blackout restrictions. Uh, it, okay, for those who are not understanding what he's referencing, what is this blackout that you're talking about? So if, you're, if your team is being broadcast on a local sports network through regular cable, you can't watch it on MLB TV. So myself, who has Hulu but they don't have an agreement with Bally Sports Detroit. I can't watch the Tigers on Hulu, and I also can't stream their game on MLB TV, though I pay for that service because of the blackout restriction. Hmm. Which is extremely frustrating. Uh, naturally. So, Okay, now you're, you had some trepidation in terms of that, so I think that it is fair to bring in the second portion of this which was Gary Sheffield's comments, mm-hmm. if you would care to share those as well, because I think you're doing a fantastic job presenting this to the folks. Yeah, so Gary Sheffield this week on somebody's podcast said that he doesn't even watch baseball anymore. Um, and basically, to summarize his point, is because strikeouts are meaningless at this point. That Everybody's trying to hit a home run, they don't care if they strike out, and it's just not the way the game is meant to be played. And I agree with him 100%. Uh, Damn right. And and the reason why I agree with him is because, and this goes back again to Rob Manfred, you know, is we talk about the pace of play of baseball, right? And we need to shorten the games. But uh, most of the rule changes that they make um, have to do with increasing offense, which is just going to slow the pace of play down even further. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very interesting to me that we've made this shift to an all or nothing approach to baseball hitting, right? Everybody's worried about launch angle, everybody's worried about exit velocity, exit velocity, and nobody is concerned about being an actual hitter. 
So that, okay. So I want to kind of give my perspective on this. And I think Ryan, if he's still alive, uh, will appreciate this as well. So we talked about MLB The Show last time we had the cast. It has come out now. And I've been playing it. Uh, I've been playing MLB The Show. And I am horrendous at hitting. It is really hard. I don't know why. I just can't do it. And there was a thought I was having while I was doing it. Because I'll admit it. I struck out 16 times in my first game of my franchise. Really bad. And, And I was playing as the Toronto Blue Jays, too. Not a bad lineup by any stretch in terms of, you know, actual, like, hitting power. And after I got to about eh, strikeout number 10 in, like, the fifth inning, that's when I started to think, wow, I'm playing, like, actual an actual baseball team right now. Like the New York Yankees. Where, I, like, uh, in, in part of my feeling while I was having it, and I think, AJ, you can speak to this more because you were an actual player, I felt shame when I was striking out like that is always when I was growing up watching baseball like a strikeout was something to be ashamed of or if the pitcher obviously just threw the sauciest pitch of all time then you're like all right just give it up but like I remember specifically Justin Verlander against the Texas Rangers in the ALCS I believe he had a nine pitch uh, I think it was either the sixth or seventh inning, a nine-pitch inning, all strikeouts. It was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. It was amazing. I, I've never seen... He had seen... an immaculate inning? You say nine pitches? Yeah. All strikes? Nine... Yeah, it was yeah. all strikes, nine... I think maybe there was a foul. I don't know if a foul counts towards that or not, but I think there was like one or two fouls in there, but he went nine pitches against the Texas Rangers. I think it was the heart of the lineup, too. And I looked at it and I was like, that is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And now, while I was playing the show, I was thinking, this just happens all the time now. And it's not even the pitchers doing anything right. Wow. It's just the the batters no longer, as you said, care about the shame of the strikeout. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, I Paul pulled out that stat today that Joe DiMaggio, and I want to look this up. but Oh, Joe yeah, Bar- that was incredible. Joe DiMaggio had almost as many career home runs as he did career strikeouts. That's Let me see this. insane. Yeah, completely different game back in the day. So he had all day. It was entertaining as all hell. Okay, so that's here's why, the stat. That's honestly why I love watching like Korean oh, yeah. baseball. It's a lot of small. Dylan, ball. you ready? Joe DiMaggio, three hundred sixty-one career home runs, three hundred sixty-nine career strikeouts. Jesus Christ! And oh my God. <clears throat> but again, it, it, a different era of baseball. I, I so. The game has changed in that sense. But what is frustrating is what I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head, right? That that shame that's associated with striking out. Because literally, the strikeout is one of the only plays in baseball where nothing extracurricular is going to happen. Unless there's a drop third strike, right? But like, if right. I... It, it, it's the... You can steal a base. It's the least, yeah, but that's not on the hitter. It's the least productive at bat. It is protected. It's the runner. least productive mm-hmm. at bat that you can have. So, yeah. if I am up with a guy on second base and I hit a ground ball to the second baseman, I'm still zero for one. But I got that guy to third. That's and a productive at bat. And you're making the team earn the out, so to speak. 
That's also true. I mean, but then you're saying that pitchers aren't earning strikeouts in a sense. So like, I but, but but couldn't you say that that is definitely <clears throat> starting to become the case? Well, I mean, no. you could you could it, well, uh, like uh, uh, back to the Verlander thing, like. Again, what I was talking about that night is that what it's called an immaculate inning? Is that the yeah. proper name? It's it's I, pretty I, rare, actually. I would suspect that if you researched, however, in the last five years, I bet there's more of them now than there used to be, and it's not because pitchers somehow are just that much better. But see, pitchers are getting a lot better though too. It's it's kind of crazy. Like how, how how but how no but I think I think it's a mix. I mean, you're also not getting that many hitters that are hitting for contact, yeah, right? I, and that's hitting, what it is. Like knock it out the park. I shared I shared that stat with you guys. Uh, Tony Gwynn, he had a four percent strikeout rate in his career, right? Like I knew he was good, but damn. And the thing that he was great. The thing that's crazy is like, um, like this. It, they call it the three true outcomes, like of an at bat. Like it, it's, it's really starting to get crazy how it literally is an all or nothing approach, and you see it in these swings that guys are taking, and it's like, it's, to me, it it tends to be selfish. Yeah, right? I would, it's all sense. to get the glory. I don't know that people really mind though, like the average fan, because like if, well, no, if it's because not be home run, runs are exciting, I mean, but like. Team. But but here's the thing. But like, too, so like, are strikeouts. Like, get, it's cool to look at a stat line and see a pitcher have 13 strikeouts. But not, you're like, oh my god, like that dude dominated. To be fair, to kind of turn what you're saying kind of on its head, though, how interesting is a 15 strikeout outing going to be if the dude is not earning those 15 strikeouts? Like, if everybody, if, for yeah, nobody's gonna tell he's not earning. You them. absolutely can. You no, absolutely. You a- AJ, come on, back me up. No. So absolutely. hey, so Dylan, to your point on the immaculate inning, in two thousand in two thousand and fifteen there were two. Okay. In two thousand sixteen there were one. Yep. Since two thousand and seventeen, there have been twenty instances. Boom. Of immaculate inning. Boom. Look at that. That's I that's very surprising to me, actually. I knew it. I, I mean, I knew it because. Uh, like I, Ryan, I'm sorry, I disagree entirely. I, the what I went, I because I, I mean, I'm watching White Sox, and it doesn't make I'm you right. I'm watching White Sox. I, okay, to be fair, I'm also consuming more baseball than you are, and not as much as AJ. But. That's fine, but like if you hit, if you see Steph Curry hit a step back three, you're not going to be like, oh, the defender actually should have done this. You're going to be like, oh my god. I don't, I don't understand three. how you're making some false equivalency between NBA. It's, and it's not MLB. a false equivalency because if you see this, if you see this dude do nine pitches and they're all strikes and he strikes out the batter, you're not going to be like, oh, he should have took. But you can absolutely pitch. tell when. Like, it, oh, this dude. But this you can an absolutely idiot. tell when when a batter is just flailing his bat around, as AJ had just had just alluded to. Not if you're a casual fan. I don't know how. At all, you're going to say that because when if a dude you whips, think a, a dude you think whips. a casual fan can tell the difference between a dude's like at bats, a, a, between when he misses a strikeout or when he misses when he swings and misses essentially. So, because obviously there's bad swings where you just swung like way too early at a curveball and you're like, oh, he got fooled, or if he swings too hard and like he he falls down, right? 
Like, oh, he, he goes to his knees. Like, oh, well, yeah, obviously he was trying to hit that one out the park. But most of, these strike, most of these swings and misses aren't like that. So when you see these swings and misses, especially the ones that end in strikeouts, it's almost like a sleight of hand where you're not even going to critique the at-bat necessarily unless it's, you know, the Tigers that are swinging and missing. And then you're like, oh, Cabrera, you suck, whatever. But if you're just watching a regular game and you're a casual fan and you see these dudes swing and missing, especially when it's that third strike called, your your attention is immediately going to be like, oh, yeah, it was a nasty pitch, or oh, the pitcher got him. You're not even going to be thinking about what the batter did right or wrong. There's a, a an experiment we can do because I think you would argue, well, you would, you would describe yourself as a casual fan, correct? Yeah, but so, I mean, if you tell me to now start no, no, no. looking Hold at on. these different Hold swings. <laughs> no, th- that's not what I mean. If I were to show you Verlander's outing in the ALCS, and then I show you an any just random poll immaculate inning from 2017 to now, I can almost guarantee you're going to notice it. Because you're going to be, I'm going to be looking for it. Okay, so then we can... We like could, it, like we if we it, actually did no, that okay, experience, we could do it on on Sports Carnage social media. Then try to see what that looks like. Most of the people are going to be football fans, not baseball fans, and i i can I can t- almost taste that that that's going to happen. You will notice a tangible difference in what those two exact same outcomes look like because guys are not mm-hmm. hitting the same way anymore. As Matt, not if you don't tell somebody what to look for. Like if so, like if you put it on social media, right? The way you would, the way you would try and gauge it is: Do you notice a difference between these two at bats? And then most people are going to start looking for differences. Well, it would to be more of which is more. But if you were just playing something regular, and like you, nobody had any prior knowledge. Like I don't think people are going to start, you know, critiquing these at bats or saying like, "Oh, that strikeout wasn't even that impressive." Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I think most people are just going to be like, oh, damn, that dude has 10 strikeouts already. And it's the fifth inning. Like, he's mowing them down. The problem is that... It... And, and, I think, and I think people like that. Like, if it's not going to be a home run, I think people like the, like the strike, like the pitcher And that dominating. is where I think Matt had already mentioned this, too. I think that the hit for contact is way more interesting because I'd rather actually see the ball in play because, to be honest... I think that especially like how many times those wet you remember because we talked about MLB uh, tonight with John Cruck before um, and the other individual uh, was it Peter something I forget his name but uh, where they had the web gems like I loved what the web gems but like we yeah. barely we barely have that yeah because those no, are not, highlights no like, because those are they sweet. were ball those are always going to be balls sweet. in play now. Okay, but if you had a segment called Nastiest Pitches, you wouldn't be like, oh, that or sucks. It'd be like, oh, shit. But well, what I am saying is because you're taking the best But of you're the also segment. taking out the ability to actually have action out on the field, and instead it is entirely a one man, a two man, if you will, game between a pitcher and a yeah. hitter. It is no longer involving everybody else. There are nine guys on the field, and only one of them is now involved in the actual at-bat. Okay, you're acting like it's all strikeouts, it, though, and it's not. Like, you still get web jumps. You don't get them nearly to the you same level. You still get guys but making plays the at the wall. That, that everybody's but it doesn't happy. matter if they're at the same level, because when you get them, there's going to be enough in any given night for MLB to say, here are the five but best a web, web gem itself. So if you're just so, watching baseball tonight, it's not, like you're, it's not going to make any difference. We're talking about sampling. 
I was saying web gems as an as a means to remind you that yes, there are plays in the field that are as exciting as strikeouts. You are no longer going to have a sample size big enough to make that happen. I I, I don't know the last time you've been to a baseball game, but the baseball games where there are 10, 12, 15 strikeouts are usually pretty damn boring. I don't like sitting. Uh, I think baseball games anyway are pretty damn boring to go to. But if I was, I mean, if I was going to a Tigers game and the Tigers struck out a bunch, I'd be like, yeah, this sucks. I, I, but if I if I saw Verlander or Mize or whoever and they're – shut up, Paul. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh but if I went to a game and Spencer Turnbull's out here striking out 16 batters, I'm going to be like, this is... Uh, but this the is problem so is, is that now, instead of it being a unique event where the pitcher is the reason and you know it, now it can just happen on any given night to any scrub, and it doesn't matter who it is. That's the problem. I mean, scrubs you know, scrubs get accolades all the time. Galarraga <laughs> almost had a perfect game. I yeah, understand. I mean, but uh, yeah. look... This is this is the problem is that anybody who who watches the game on a consistent basis understands that this is a pervasive problem. I don't like to be fair. I understand what you're saying in that a casual fan, if they just dropped in now, are going to be like, "All right, they're just swinging a lot." But for everybody else that's been watching at least on a semi regular basis, like the product is worse. It's in the same vein as watching the Houston Rockets. I hate watch it. Well, not anymore because they're horrible but i hated watching the houston rockets paul and myself both were were big critics about it and to be fair you were also someone who kind of defended that as well so you're consistent at to say the least but it's boring it's not interesting hitting for contact makes it where the entire field is involved and you have the potential for much more interesting plays than swing miss, swing miss, swing miss, and just air floating it, floating around instead of actual baseball being played. Yeah, I, I, to me, I liken the home run craze to like home runs used to be a <clears throat> rare event that would could change the game, right? right? They were yeah, exciting. It was, a, it was an energy juice. Yeah, but but too much of a good thing ultimately becomes a bad thing. Like right. three pointer in the NBA, it's a well, same see, type of thing. It that, but I was gonna liken it to like watching a game of basketball of all dunks, because to me the three pointers pointers not as exciting as a home run is. A slam dunk is more exciting than a three point in my mind. Fair right? enough, but but the the parallel so, would be closest sure, to hundred percent. So like, if you were to watch a basketball game that was literally only dunking. Like, I don't, I don't I know if I've ever like, seen one, though. That's the problem. <laughs> but you've also never seen a baseball game of just all home runs, right? Like, there have also been manufactured runs. So, like... Oh, all home runs and strikes. Yeah, it's position. never been that. So I like, can I can bet you that there's more of them than you think, just in the same vein as the immaculate inning. All home runs and strikeouts for an yeah. entire game? No, never. Never, never once. once. Never, never once. once in no history. Way. There's oh. no way a team struck out 27 Well, okay, times okay. in fairness, if we're... T- <sighs> and then all their yeah, hits were home runs. And all their hits were home runs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the other team's hits were home runs. The, pro- the problem yeah, is right. the team can wind up having like one or two hits in there, too, and it's like... That's not really that much better. Biggest equivalent, I would, and the problem is, is I can't even throw this to Ryan because Ryan is not on the same side. If Paul was here, I think Paul would be more in line with me on this. I think that this 
sort of trend is as detrimental as the three pointer is in the NBA. I sure, despise but it. I despise. But it. I think it's I, I think it's I think it goes even deeper though, Dylan, than than the trend of just wanting to hit home runs. Well, it's the sabermetrics part of part well, of both. But it, but it's even it's even deeper than that to an extent. It's the lack of strike zone discipline. I just watched Josh Hader's immaculate inning on uh, on YouTube from uh, 2019 against St. Louis Cardinals. Okay, nine pitches, nine strikes. You know how many of those balls they swung at outside the strike zone? Too like many. half of them. And that's where I think that's why I brought up that that thought today, and it was just a hypothesis that I think that your best teams over the last few years in baseball are not the all or nothing teams, but they're the teams that have a higher percentage of walk rate and a closer to MLB average of K rate. You know what so, I'm saying? Yeah, and to be fair, speaking of, there, there was a team right as this trend started to happen, and, and I think Matt would agree with me on this. At, and I, to be fair, I'm actually technically stealing this from a topic that 97.1 The Blenny Show had back in like 2015, I think that was the year, with the Kansas City Royals, who their style was the hit and run. They were all about getting guys on base Bunning, walks, you know, the actual discipline, not really much of a power hitting team. And they were really good. And they got to the uh, World Series twice, I believe. They won it once and then they lost, if I'm not mistaken. That was one of the more fun teams I've ever watched. I loved the way that that team played. And at the time, it was fascinating because the topic of conversation, I remember it explicitly, they were talking about, was this Kansas City team boring? And now, thinking back on that Kansas City team, I would love a team like that. That wouldn't be boring. That would be incredible. But a lot of te- but teams don't I mean, play like to that. To me, it, you know, people talk about baseball. They talk bad about baseball. And it's a boring sport, blah, 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 blah. To me, strikeouts and home runs are, if that's all you're getting, really, is boring to me. You want more action? Small ball is more action. Small ball is moving the game right. along. Players getting on, players moving bases. It's more action in the innings that you are not sitting there bored. you got to pay attention because you're going to miss something. You're All of a sudden, the guy that you weren't paying attention to went from first to third. You have no idea how they got there. It was two batters later. It's small ball, to me, that drives more interesting baseball. And in the heyday of baseball, in the boys of summer, it was small ball. Yes, there are home run hitters. Of course there are home runners. There's always going to be home run hitters. But it was not every single person trying to be a home run hitter. You had your guys who knew their roles, and their roles were to get on base and move along the base path. And to me, that's a more entertaining form of baseball. Like I said earlier, one of the reasons I've always been a fan of the Korean League, it's a lot of small ball. It's a lot of moving pieces. And to me, that's just more entertaining baseball. Yeah. You know what? You know you know the Kansas City team I'm referencing, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, I, 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 who is the manager, AJ, for that for the Kansas City World Series team? So, some old white guy. <laughs> no, it was Ned Yost. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds sounds like an old white guy name. Uh, yep. I, the problem. All right. Okay. <laughs> I just the pro. I know that the problem with this discussion is is that I can't like. Ryan is the most. His name is Edgar. Edgar Frederick Nedios the third. 
I know that you're a defender of the three-pointer in the NBA. That's all the more reason why this I, – I just can't argue, like, catering to the casual baseball fan of yourself because you like the one thing that's killing the NBA too, so. No, but, but then, you know, on that Royals team, there were a bunch of fun guys to watch. I mean, Ben Zobris, Mike Moustakas, Omar Infante, yeah. Eric Hosmer. I mean, that's a hell of an infield alone. That's right. And then on the outfield, you got Lorenzo Cain. You got Johnny Gomes. You got Alex Gordon. Yeah, Alex Gordon I mean, was the, amazing. Alex Rios. I, you know, you wait, got no. you got fun players Alex to Gordon, watch, yeah. and those were fun teams. I enjoyed those Royals. I teams. loved Alex Gordon, even if they were great. whipping our Tigers' asses yeah. along the way to get. And there. it was just interesting to see how they played the game, and like that's part of that. That is part of it too. Is like there's something lost when the pitcher no longer has that like imminent threat. Of a bases loaded, like to be entirely honest, in the way that the game is being played now, a a bases loaded two out situation for a pitcher is much better than it used to be. You don't have guys hitting for contact anymore, so you don't have to worry about a possible error in the field or it being hit into just the right spot. You know that chances are, statistically speaking, it's going to either be a strikeout or it's going to get popped in the air. That's it. And and that that makes that situation that much less interesting. And that is arguably one of the biggest part like one of the biggest situations. Like baseball's all about situations. That's the thing everybody always has in the movies, right? It's always bases loaded, two outs. What's gonna happen? Is he gonna hit for contact? Is he gonna get a walk? Is he gonna whatever it may be? And now it's strikeout or, or home run. And that. Yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the great fake out in Major League. Uh, you know, right. <laughs> when when the catcher when he comes up and he calls his shot a la Babe Ruth, and then instead it's a bunt <laughs> to, right. to, yeah, to yeah. move his old ass down to first base just in time to score the winning run from third. Right. Yeah, that's what that's what's being been being missing, and I think of also like because I watch primarily as many of us did pretty much from like 2005 for me because of the white Sox, but 2005 through until about 2016 was about when i started to drop off and i just think of the playoff series then as compared to now it's just i don't think they're anywhere near as interesting like i i well i think playoffs a little different yeah playoffs are more hitting for contact in the playoffs than you do in the regular season which is annoying to me because there is still entertaining baseball in the playoffs because they're playing a style of baseball that I thoroughly enjoy and have always enjoyed. You think about those Dodgers and and um, Astros World Series games that went five hours, and there was no like thought about how long they went, but they're chock full of offense, a lot of home runs, no doubt about that, but um, still entertaining games. And there's no doubt that offense creates excitement. Right, but <clears throat> a good pitching duel can also be very exciting. Like Dylan, you said, like it would be really boring to see a pitcher going out there and striking out a bunch of guys. One In the regular makes season, it, absolutely. But one that makes the game go faster. So, like that helps your pace of play issue. You talk about guys like working faster on the mound and stuff like that too. It helps with your defense, so your defense is going to be ready to make more plays. Right. Um, so I, I love a good pitching duel, but I'm also, you know, a baseball fan. So that doesn't bother me. That is a bit of a paradox, obviously, because you have 
baseball wanting to speed up the game, but then the thing that speeds it up also makes the actual game itself horrible to watch from pretty much anybody who watches the game regularly. I feel like baseball should just do what the NFL kind of did, where we don't care. You're going to be here for four hours because it's football. So we don't give a shit if you want it to be faster or not. It is going to be what it is. And I feel like baseball kind of should just put their feet in the sand or put their, you know, the line in the sand. And it, well, but and that leads towards the marketing aspect, though, because if they were able to tout players like Tatis and Acuna and, and what have you more, that would compensate for the fact that, yeah, it's a bit slower. I feel like there's this desire for that people want to have for like that is something that is kind of being thrown in the face of my soccer you know thing my whole thesis that i've had and that i think that kind of as i had alluded to before that kind of yearning for the past that's more conservative wishing if you will i really think a lot of people want to like baseball but baseball is getting in its own way as we talked about before and this embracing of sabermetrics and it's happening across all sports sabermetrics is ruining sports in general it is making it unwatchable because it is making it into a math and a science that it never was and in the same vein as the nba because the nba the the general mentality in basketball now is that we are going to go ahead and shoot two three-pointers and if we make two of them you have to do three trips in order to match that number we will always outpace you if we make <coughs> excuse me if we make x amount of three-point shots the problem right. that's horrible to watch it's disgusting it's not something anyone is interested in because it's basically rec league at that point you may as well go down to your local ymca and just watch them play that's not good for the actual quality of the brand of basketball now the playoffs it is substantially are you talking about Luca? to be fair i am <laughs> and Trey Young and everybody of his ilk that are coming up. And that's to be fair, I think that's partially why um, Zion is actually a bit of a, of a bright spot for the NBA because that's not his style. He's a very old-school type of player in that he's a, he's a bruiser. He stays in the paint most of the time, high field goal percentage. And in the playoffs, just like you guys were talking about, and Matt, you had mentioned how baseball, the playoffs kind of always make the game in its pure form. Because we don't want the math, we want the situation, so to speak. Where right. in the in the NBA, the NBA is substantially better in the playoffs because people aren't chucking up threes. You see what happens to the Houston Rockets when they do. They get bounced in the second round or they collapse to the Golden State Warriors. And that's where that sort of push-pull in sports, I don't know the answer to that. The metrics tell you to do this. But the actual enjoyment of the sport tells you to do something else. Which one's going to give? Eventually, you're going to wind up having a situation where baseball has to choose between are you going to let the product of the game look like this for the sake of efficiency or are you going to change it so that way you can get viewership back? And I don't know whether they will or not. I think that... It it sounds like viewership's up, right? With the MLB TV, whatever. But as as AJ had cited from a secondary source, which good on his part to throw all angles into it, it could be something of a a bit of a fool's gold in that regard 
in that that number looks inflated because of early season. So. Well, well, I think it is, I think, because they whoever had that deal where you get free MLB TV if you right, 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 um, yeah, right, T-Mobile. Yeah, but I think baseball made its mistake when it started changing the game to speed things up, like. When you come out and say that oh, games are taking too long, then your fans are going to be like, yeah, you're right. Like, you, you presented a problem that maybe people weren't noticing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> the NFL saying, we got you for four hours, we're going to get you for four hours. Like, that, they haven't made fundamental changes to the way that the game's played in order to speed it up to, like, cater to it. Right, and I right. agree with you, Dylan. Like, no, they just catered to offense. Which, yeah. sure. I mean, you also have a, a Sunday where you have four hours to spare, where a right. lot of these games are starting at 7 that's o'clock true. all the time. That, Ryan, I agree. That's that's another good point. That we're, there, and you only have 16 football games. Like, there's all that. But, like, baseball just needs to be what baseball – like, let baseball be what baseball is, right? Keep the strategy. Take the take most of the numbers out of it and the math and science behind it all because I agree with you, Dylan. It's ruining everything, right? It you know, and let like baseball be baseball. You know, if if a game does go longer, it goes longer. The people that want to stay for it will stay for it. Those that don't want to don't have to. And I do. I also agree with you, Dylan. That I think that there is kind of a nostalgia aspect for some people that like want to like baseball they're just maybe having a hard time like getting back to it because maybe it's not the game they grew up hearing about exactly. right it's changed and so i you know i it would be nice if baseball would find a way to get rid of these blackout restrictions so more teams are accessible to like so your local teams are accessible to you and then i think marketing the right people and building the right hype is important, right? Like creating those situations where you have a playoff intensity game in the regular season, right? Highlight your rivalries. Baseball was really fun in 2003 when the Red Sox and the Yankees were meeting in the playoffs, right? Because of the rivalry. When's the last time you heard about a rivalry in baseball? Except for last week when they talked about the Padres and the Dodgers. Which is definitely the way, and I alluded to it the last time too, I think that that's going to be a bit of a saving grace for that. Now, But those are also two very West Coast teams that are going to be very difficult to translate East Coast. I think that the Padres... I didn't watch a single one of those games last week. Even though I could have. I'm watching the game right now, but like... to, To be fair, that should be on the league in order to shift it to make it so that it's more... Well, and so here's the thing. They had the first, and I agree with you, that it was last weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday was their series. Friday and Saturday's games were incredible. I checked the Sunday night ESPN baseball schedule, and it was the Cubs Brewers. I saw. Why would you not, why would you not have the Dodgers Padres on ESPN that night? Exactly. That was a miss. Like, and. How they keep making mistake after mistake when it comes to these type of things. This seems so obvious to people who who this is not our profession is like mind blowing to me. The last point of discussion is gonna be a little more fun, something to kind of shorten it up and end it on a on a more light note. 
So the NBA has been discussing possible expansion of teams. A lot of leagues were because for COVID, as you had mentioned previously, leagues have been getting operating in deficits. You can dispute the numbers if you want, but a possible tactic that was argued in order to raise money to kind of offset the differences was to expand the league. When you expand a team, you get a lot more revenue because you got a new market. So, gentlemen, for everybody... Okay, I'll let you get a second in, but if there were two teams that you were going to expand the MLB out to 32, what would they be? Montreal. That seems like the one everybody says. Great baseball town. Seems odd that it's in Canada, but it's a good baseball town. How? Um, how but then, because I, I don't know the history of it, and this is where Matt, the historian, sports historian, would help out. If they were so great, why did they lose the Expos? Um, uh, baseball strike didn't help. Yeah, the baseball strike didn't. They that the Montreal Expos in 1994. There's a documentary on YouTube about. Yeah, it. they would have. Yeah, they would have won it. They were that good. I remember. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a franchise that once had Randy Johnson, Larry Walker, Roberto Alomar. Um. Vlad. Yeah. Vladimir Guerrero. Didn't they have Pedro at some point or no? Pedro Martinez. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a franchise that had all these stars when they were younger. Um, and Moises Alou, another one. Um, and, like, one of the coolest logos in all of baseball with yeah. some, like, slick uniforms you could put together with them. Like, Montreal is definitely a city that I think wants and needs a, a, a baseball team. Um, another one, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, thing is somebody, somewhere like... What about Portland? Yeah, another West Coast team, maybe Portland. Uh, <clears throat> I was thinking more like Charlotte or yep. Nashville. Uh, I'm trying to think of cities that also have pro teams. I'm going to yeah. tell you one that I think would be an absolute... Not to be punny, but a knockout for baseball, partially because of the changing demographic of that city. Because, to be fair, baseball is obviously uh, very influential in the Latin world. San Antonio would be an absolute knockout success for them. Yeah, you're pro- and baseball is a big deal in Texas, too. Like, football right. obviously is king in Texas. For San, Diego, for San Antonio. Huh? I'm trying to figure out how knockout is a pun with San Antonio. No, knockout is in like knock out of the park. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. It, well, um, and there's demographics that support this because by 2050, San Antonio is projected to be the sixth largest city in the United States because of the ridiculous growth that the. Have you ever been to San Antonio? Uh, no, I have not. San Antonio is incredible. Okay. So, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to a San Antonio team. Um, yeah, Texas has enough teams. Texas but, does have enough teams. But again, it's the fact it's the fact that it is going to be a majority Latin yeah, American city. Can you put city. that in like Albuquerque or like somewhere in New Mexico? But that <laughs> like but, a purple yeah, 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 team, yeah. the Albuquerque yeah, but the, Walter Whites. But to be fair, it's, it's it's all about market, right? And if San sure. Antonio yeah. in the future is going to be one of the ten largest markets in the entire country, why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Yeah. Yeah, San Antonio give me, could be good. Give me Brooklyn. 
because all yes. you all you have to compete with but, is uh, the Spurs. You could but, wind up being the most the most loved team in the entire city yeah. overnight. Uh, no, they're not going to be more no, loved than the Spurs. No, Spurs. <laughs> let me get a let me get a Jay Z and LeBron owned baseball team. Riverwalk but, loves them Spurs. Oh yeah, they do. Tell LeBron to sell his stake in the in the. So my my two maybe the South though somewhere in the South like me here New Orleans you know they used yeah. to have a double A ball club you know yeah, Mississippi and Alabama don't have dick <laughs> for pro the teams. Me- the Actually, Memphis. that was my next one was going to be uh, it's a bit cliche but Memphis or Nashville. Not Nashville Memphis is too small of a market and they wind up bleeding into Nashville too much. Yeah, uh, Nashville is my other one. But, uh, partially because everybody knows Nashville's a fantastic sports city as it is. You would wind yeah. up having an entirely new market in the South. Uh, I, I think that would probably be my other option. It would be San Antonio and Nashville. Another yeah, one to I, think of I would think... be Charlotte, maybe as well. Yeah, Charlotte. Um... I'm trying to think, like. Raleigh, uh, Charlotte belongs to Lenovo. <laughs> but if Nobody you if you do any expansion state. at all, you have to go to Montreal first, in my opinion. Huh. So I'm trying to think what other cities you would wind up having there. Indianapolis is, I guess, technically nah. one, but yeah, not not exactly a market. Uh, Columbus is is another, although yeah, I think the Reds. They already have two teams in Ohio, and they're right. worthless. Sure. Um, Pennsylvania, you don't need another one in Pennsylvania. You got two there. No. Uh, and the two major cities in Pennsylvania. And Las Vegas. Norman. Vegas Oklahoma. could be one. Oh, Baseball yeah. in Vegas is big. And, and, and they got the Raiders now, so that could be all like. All the sports leagues want to go there now, so that makes sense. They got the Golden Knights like the and Raiders the Raiders. Raiders. <laughs> no, no. They'd get there. They'd get... Although, although to be fair, AJ, that is something like Vegas in the summer. I don't know. That you'd have yeah, to but have you a just you do what you did in Texas. It's the same idea. You build a, a retractable root stadium that's air conditioned. That's mm-hmm. that's easily fixed. Right, fair enough. I, like, I just I just think of the Vegas heat in the in the. Uh, what, what doesn't is matter that? if you're inside an air-conditioned building. Yeah. Look uh, at the stadium they just built in Texas, man. Those games in Texas could get hot on Sunday afternoons because they didn't have a, a retractable roof. Now it's fixed. Na, 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 na. Texas Rangers Stadium. You Orlando oh, baseball. Jesus no. Christ. No, fuck Florida. <laughs> Oh, wow. Florida has the opportunity to have two teams, and one of them is a really good team, and they can't freaking turn out for them. Well, that's another thing. Wouldn't you just move the Rays to Montreal? Because you would keep that infrastructure that's there of a successful baseball team and have it in a more deserving market. Yeah, I I would be totally okay with that. Plus, then they're closer to their divisional teams anyways. It's true. They're in the AL East. Wait, Montreal is up there by Toronto, right? Like that way? Or is Mon- it west? Montreal is north of New York City uh, by about yeah. 10 hours. So, see? Like, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it'd be closer, for sure. 
Yeah, I, I think the one that well, – I think that Montreal, if you were to poll baseball fans, 100% Montreal would be the leader by a landslide, and partially because of the nostalgia reasons. Uh, yeah. The second market is where you wind up having the interesting discussion, but moving the Tampa Bay Rays would mean that you could still open up two more new markets. Uh, now, here's a, here's a question. I guess I don't know about the minute details of it, but do you think there's a potential the Rays would? Because the Rays are obviously the team that would move. Are, is there any chance that happens? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. It's going to be something I'm going to have to research on my own. All right, uh, Matt, you, I am finished, so you can wrap this one up. All right, well, you finished. We finished. <clears throat> Ryan, do the thing. Uh, bully two weeks in a row. Um, uh, I was about to say, I didn't know how I wanted to start it. All right. So just make sure that you guys go ahead and share and subscribe. I wanted to say something else, but maybe not. So share and subscribe to the podcast, Sports Carters Podcast, on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Podbean, wherever you guys see us. Anywhere else you see us, just let us know and comment, share, rate. All of that fun stuff. Yeah. For Ryan Griffin, AJ Riley, and Dylan Bear, I'm Matt Basson. We are Sports Carnage. Thank you all for spending a couple of hours with us this week. We'll be back with y'all next week. And rest in peace to the one and only Shock G. Thank you for everything that you have done for the world of hip-hop. And we will miss you. Matt, live NFL draft next week. Don't forget where we will be. Oh, yeah, the live NFL draft next week. Facebook Live. Sure, you find us on on Detroit Sports Nation, baby. Probably probably about a half hour before kickoff, or before the draft.